God for that. The half hasn't been told. Amen. I would encourage you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. There we go. Got this thing on now. Amen. I want to preach a message under this thought. The half hasn't been told. When I look into the Word of God, there are some things that I believe that God has prepared for His children. And I'm looking forward to those things. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I'll give you a moment to turn there. When you find your place in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter number 2, if you're able to stand, I would encourage you and ask you to stand for the reverence and the reading of God's holy and infallible Word. Amen. The Apostle Paul's writing here. Verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech. Boy, it sounds like your pastor. Or of wisdom, declared unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And if I and, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Here the Apostle Paul is he's writing to the church at Corinth and he's letting the church of Corinth know that they cannot lean into the wisdom and the philosophies and the culture of the world. He, he describes to them and explains to them that the things that they know, it's typically because of their upbringing. They, they know how to do, do things. Uh, uh, for example, if you know how to can uh, beans, it's because somebody has showed you. If you know how to 
skin or fillet a catfish while it's still alive is because somebody has showed you. Amen. If, if you know how to do things, it's because mankind has revealed these things to you. But then he comes over the top and then he lets the children of God know, the brethren, the, the church of, of Christ know that there are some things that we do and these things that we do, we do it because the Spirit of God has told us to do these things. There are some things that the child of God should be doing and there is a prescription a right way to do things in accordance to God's Word and His will. But I want to have our focus first for just a little while, just for a moment as a springboard. Our our focus verse is 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 9, where he says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Beloved, I want to tell you the half hasn't been told this morning. Uh, Your life that you've lived, the half hasn't been told this morning. Uh, the, the, The story that God is writing... The half hasn't been told this morning. Uh, what I'm trying to say is it's not time to stand in line for the award ceremony. I'm telling you that God has called you here on October 15th of 2023 and you are commissioned in the Lord's army to continue to fight the forces of hell. Amen. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you I don't care what's going on over in Hamas. I understand that there are prophecies still yet to be fulfilled for Israel and those prophecies are being fulfilled before I But beloved, we are the church. The only thing left to happen for the church is for God to split over that eastern sky to rapture up His church, for Jesus to step out in the clouds and we'll be called up and meet Him in the air, beloved. That's all we're waiting for, friend. But I want to tell you this morning, the half hasn't been told yet of what God is about to do in your life. I don't have to tell you to look around at the signs of the times. I don't have to tell you because Fox News has been telling you and CNN has been telling you. But I'm telling you, beloved, get ready. The half hasn't been told. God is raising you up in a day like no other. And God is raising up a generation like He's never raised up before to be in the Lord's army to tell people, hey, repent because God's coming back. Jesus is still in the soul saving business. And Jesus is still trying to redeem His people. And Jesus still saves sinners like me. And there's still hope while there's still time. The half hasn't been told, my friend. And if you come with burdens today, and you've come bogged down today with the weights of the world and the worry in your mind and the frustration, may I submit to you this morning on the authority of God's Word, the half hasn't been told. This too shall pass. Give it to God. God's still on the throne. And none of this took God by surprise. There's a reason why you're here today, and it's to get some help. From the Lord. I want to show you three quick things. We'll respond to the preaching and we'll go home. Uh, Number one, I want to show you the half hasn't been told on the sinfulness of sin. The half hasn't been told on the sinfulness of sin. Uh, We are are living in a day like no other. Uh, The the debauchery that's there is like no other. I know the Word of God is very 
bold and it is quick and it is sharp and powerful to expose sin. And we recognize that not one jot nor tittle should be moved from this King James Bible. I believe that it's inerrant. I believe it's infallible. And everything that God ever wanted people to know is contained inside of these 66 books right here. But beloved, I want to say this as well. The half hasn't been told on the sinfulness of sin. I look back over there in the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Leviticus and all the laws that they had to do and, 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 I, and I look over there in the book of Romans and at the very beginning of the book of Romans the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Rome and in the very first chapter he hits them right between the eyes where it hurts. I'm talking about he causes a spiritual nosebleed and he tells the church of Rome that they are just as wicked and rotten and nasty as everybody else is and then he goes into the debauchery of sin and then he builds on chapter 1 and goes into chapters 2 and 3 all the way up into chapter number 8 and he takes mankind as low as they can go friend until essentially Paul signs the Christian's declaration of independence and lets us know that even though as sinful and as wicked and as rotten and as nasty as we are the good grace of God is sufficient to cover it all and he explains to us how wonderful it is to be a child of God how we were in that helpless estate how we're screaming just ready to drop off into a devil's hell and God's grace swooped down and he reached down further than we can reach up and he adopted us into the family of God hallelujah this morning but even the Bible the Bible doesn't doesn't even cover the half of it the half of how sinful sin is Firstly, I see the covering of sin. In the book of Romans in chapter number 3, the Bible lets us know that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, I went to seminary. I've got a doctorate of pastoral theology. It's hanging on my wall. And you know what I learned when I was in seminary? All means all. If that's what it means, it means All. That means that this preacher has sinned. You have sinned. The world has sinned. All. I understand that we want to try to justify our actions and we try to justify our good works. But let me tell you, beloved, it is not our actions and our works that will save us. It is by the good grace of God. Uh, The covering of sin. If you're under the sound of my voice, you're under the covering of sin. Secondly, I notice the consequence of sin. Sin robs us. It's a thief. Every great and prosperous thing in your life, everything that God wants to bless you with, it will steal it and rob it away. The joy, you might be saved this morning, but you can be robbed of the joy of your salvation. You, you, can, you can be a child of God and go out into sin and live in misery and be robbed of the blessings. I just preached not too long ago about the prodigal son and we saw he was the son to the father. We realized there was a relationship there, but he went out into that place and, and he raised all his substance on righteous living. We see the, that robbing that was there. We, we also see that sin not only robs us, but it wrecks us. We're, we're thinking that everything's alright and we have the will in our hands and, and we don't even let God have control of the steering wheel no more. We do our own thing because we know better than God. Amen. And then we'll find ourselves in a ditch. We'll find ourselves wrecked with the airbags deployed. Oh my goodness, what happened? I was going my way then. 
It all comes to a screeching halt. I'm trying to tell you, friend, the half hasn't been told of what sin will do to you. You might think that everything's alright and you might be living in sin this morning, but honey, I'm going to tell you on the authority of God's Word, there's going to come a day when you hit that wall and the airbags deploy and there's no telling what's going to happen, friend. The half hasn't been told about sin. Not only does it wreck us, but it ruins us. The aftermath of sin. You've heard it preached by me and so many other uh, hellfire brimstone preachers before me. Sin will take you a lot further than you want to go, honey. And it will take you there. It will keep you there a lot longer than you want to stay, brother. And it will cost you more than you want to pay. It started out with just something really small. It just started with just a simple infraction. infraction. And then by God, uh, it has ruined your life. It has shipwrecked your testimony. It ruins your path. The half hasn't been told of the sinfulness of sin. But then I also see the conception of sin. The conception of sin, it it all starts with one thought. With one look. And what happens when we are faced in that time of temptation? God gives us this thing called free will. We have a choice in the matter. Do we resist the devil and flee from temptation? Or do we fall in? Do we fall? That's the conception. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe that the drunkard and the drug addict decided that one day they was just gonna wake up and they was gonna live on a bar stool and they was gonna lay out in a ditch with a needle in their arms. I believe it started with just one thought. They never had that intention. But they ended up further than they wanted to go. Oh my, but again, I say number two this morning. We see the half hasn't been told on the sinfulness of sin. But number two, we see the greatness of grace. Woo, glory! We see the greatness of grace. And the half hasn't been told on the greatness of grace. We see the gift of grace. It's a gift. We receive something. Something is offered to us. I remember being that wicked, rotten sinner that I was. And I remember December the 17th of 2007 being a proclaiming atheist. Hating God's people and hating everything about God and sitting under the preaching of the gospel. And the Holy Ghost come by my way. And told me that as wicked and as rotten and as nasty as you are, Jesus died just for you. The blood that was shed on Calvary, whenever Jesus was on that cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, my friend, not only was Jesus talking about the centurion and those Roman soldiers, but every time that I spit in God's face and I mocked God's name, Jesus had me on His mind saying, Father, forgive Josh Waters, for He knows not what He does. He's born in sin. He has a sin nature. He's not capable of being saved of His good works. So, Father, I'm going to stretch out my arms and I'm going to shed my precious blood to give Joshua the gift of eternal life. And I laid it down on an altar. And I'm just waiting for Josh to receive it. And I'm glad the Holy Ghost of God come by my way that day. 
convicted me, showed me that I was lost, showed me I didn't have it figured out, showed me my need for the Savior, showed me the way to salvation, and there I was with the white knuckle grip gripping the back of a pew, and God got a hold of me, and tears just started falling. Beloved, I believe I was safe when I got to the altar because I was stepping out in faith that I never had. I was believing in a God that I didn't believe in for the first time in my life, and as I took that first step, I just come with my brokenness and my mess and all I had to offer was my vile wretched filth that I was a sinner and there I was and that free gift of salvation was right there waiting in an old fashioned altar for me to feel down and pray to find what is found in no other way thank God that there's churches today that have not ripped out these altars they have not thrown away the choir there's still an old fashioned altar where sinners can kneel down and find the good grace and the good God of heaven. Hallelujah. I'm so glad of that, friend. I'm so glad somebody loved me enough to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a transformation like no other. I became a new creature in Christ. Not a new creation. A new creature for I was brought to life. And I was changed forevermore. I want to say it was a gift. But not only that, uh, the, the half hasn't been told of the greatness of God in the fact that His grace is sufficient. Beloved, I was saved at 13 years old and I've learned more about sin since I've been saved. That's not a good testimony, but it's the truth. I learned more about sin since I've been saved than since before I was saved. But I'm so glad that God took me back every time. And let me tell you something, friend. When you get saved and the Holy Ghost of God lives in you, you're going to be on a leash, my friend. You're not going to want to wander around and see Him like you was before you was lost. I mean, I would just look that direction and the Holy Ghost said, Nope. I take that first step and the chastisement of Almighty God came on my backside spiritually. He said, Nope, you're my child now. You don't go over there no more. Amen. Amen. Uh, what I'm trying to say is every time I fall flat on my face, Bubba, every time I fall flat on my face, Debbie, every time I mess it all up, I can still run home to Daddy and say, Daddy, I messed it up again. Daddy, I'm just as rotten and nasty as I was before. And you know what he does? When I confess my sin, he just says, all right, son, let's just dust you off one more time. He said, preacher, you don't know what I've done this morning. You don't know what I've lived through. I want to tell you that the Word of God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. But preacher, I've done this. My grace is sufficient for thee. But preacher, I've done that. My grace is sufficient for thee. The half hasn't been told of the greatness of God. But then I also see the identifying of grace. You see, grace covers a multitude of sins. And not only does grace save me, it secures me, it sustains me. I I want to say to you as well, grace isn't just a one-time thing, friend. Salvation is, but grace isn't. Because you have common grace every day. The very bread that I have in my lungs is by the good grace of God. Are you here this morning? It's by the good grace of God. Are you honored to preach this morning? It's by the good grace of God. Because right now in Israel, somebody's wanting a preacher to stand up somewhere and preach the gospel. And there they are in a war zone. It's by the good grace of God that your vehicle have brought you here on 501 University Baptist Church. It's by the good grace of God you're sitting here on padded pews in a beautiful sanctuary with the air conditioners going. Amen. There's grace every single day. I thank God for that. But lastly, lastly, I want to show you this. I want to show you 
that the half hasn't been told on the hope of heaven. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bible to the book of the Revelation in chapter number 21. And as you're turning there, in the book of the Revelation, chapter number 21, I want to share this with you. The half hasn't been told of the hope of heaven being our home. We're going to have a new body in heaven. I won't be five foot two. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. Woo, Lord, that's enough for me to shout on. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. Beloved, when we get to heaven, I'll have a glorified body, and so will you. I'm talking about the elements that you have, the physical elements that you have, the, the, the mind, the, the, the things of the mind that you have, it all goes away and you have a glorified body. Hallelujah. I'm talking about you can get up and run and you can shout and, and run the aisles of heaven. Amen. You'll be able to shout the victory. You'll be able to recall things like you've never been able to recall them before. My wife is going to love that part. Amen. <laughs> You're going to think clear like you've never thought before, amen. Uh, You're going to have a new body. Praise the Lord for that. But I want you to notice as we go just quickly for a moment here in the book of the Revelation, I want you to see the new sights in heaven. I want you to see the new sights in heaven. In Revelation chapter number 21 verse 16, the Bible says, And the city lieth four square, kind of like a cube. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So from the best I could do with my Google math, my Google math, essentially this new Jerusalem, this heaven, is going to be 1,322 cubed miles. I didn't say square because the Bible doesn't mention a square. It mentions a cube here in the Scriptures. Uh, What I'm trying to say is that ain't very big. Think about it. All the saints of old that will be there and all the saints of the church age that will be there. The Bible says few there be that find it. Not going to be as many people in heaven as what you think. The Bible says hell hath enlarged herself. There are going to be more people in hell. How do we get to heaven? Jesus and Jesus alone. Jesus is the only way. But I I want you to notice as well, in verse number 18, the wall of Jasper. In the building of the wall, it is of Jasper. And the city was pure gold, like unto a clear glass. The sight of heaven, what would it be like? Pure gold. Pure gold. Uh, Brother John, you might know the, the, the Henderson uh, ladies. I know one, one went on to be with the Lord. Uh, they'd go up to Tony Hudson's church and sing. And they'd stand out front. And shoot, they're one of the ladies that would sing this song. They'd say, One day I'm going to walk On a street of pure gold And I mean, she laid in that thing. I know that one day, I mean, she got into that thing. The power of God fell on that 
place, we were shouting the victory, amen. We were so thankful that somebody could get a hold of the throne room while they were singing. But as she sung that song, Revelation 21 and, 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 and verse 18 went through my mind. What's it going to be like when we're on a place of pure gold? Gold in its purest form, beloved, is like unto glass. Could you imagine that celestial city that we live in? As beautiful as the world is, it does nothing in comparison to how beautiful heaven's going to be one day. A half hasn't been told about that. I also see in verse number 21, the gates of pearl. 21 says, And the twelve gates were the twelve pearls. Every, uh, every several gate was of one pearl. The street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Amen, beloved. I'm so glad for that day that we get to go to heaven. I'm glad for that day that we get to walk on that street of pure gold. I'm so glad that whenever we're, uh, because we're saved, we can, we can die and go to heaven. Y'all come on in, join the crowd. Amen. We're just talking about heaven for a little while. Amen. Amen. And we're so glad that we're so glad to have you too. But uh, I'm so glad that we can go to heaven when we die. I'm so glad that God has made a way when there is no way for a sinner like me. I'm so glad that that's where the redeemed of God are going to go when they die. Aren't you? All the loved ones gone before us. We're going to be reunited like never before. Uh, there's going to be this word that's down here in, uh, on earth. It won't be in heaven. It's, it's called cancer. We won't have it up there. The sickness and disease, we won't have it up there. We'll have glorified bodies, my friend. I, I'm looking forward to that day where I could be reunited with my papa. It told me all about the Lord Jesus Christ and how He came to save sinners like me. But my friend, uh, these things are wonderful and these things are great. But I want to say that I'm afraid that so many people are going to be upset if they got to heaven when they find out that the Lord Jesus Christ is there. My friend, the whole purpose of heaven is to be with your heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see in verse number 23 this. And the city had no need of the sun. There was no need. Neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God. Did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. Hey man, as beautiful as LEDs are, we don't need those. We got the Lamb of God. Amen. Uh, it's going to be lit up by the glory of God because Jesus Christ is there. I'm looking forward to that day, friend. I, I want to show you as well, there'll be no more night. In verse 25, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no more night. Uh, friend, anytime it gets nighttime around the Waters residence, all of a sudden we're locking doors, we're checking cameras, we're going around doing a perimeter uh, check, we're sending the dog out to see if there's anything in the bushes because we're going to try to go to sleep because the Bible says men love dark rather than light. Bad things happen at nighttime. I'll just be honest with you. But, but also night represents a symbolic of the emotional struggles that we go through. It's symbolic of the pains and the depression and the anxiety and the thoughts of suicide that mankind goes through. Uh, my friend, depression will no longer be a thing. Anxiety will no longer be a thing. Thoughts of suicide will no longer be a thing. There'll be no more night. But lastly, let me show you this. There will be in verse number 27 a new state of living. Verse number 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
Amen. No sin in heaven. No sin in heaven. I'm glad that I don't have to deal with the sins of the world and the curse of sin and the effects of sin when I'm in heaven. But but, beloved, as, as wicked and rotten, as nasty as I am, that makes me a sinner. So how in the world is a sinner going to get to heaven? By the grace of God. When God imputed His righteousness onto me, and my unrighteousness onto Him, He paid for it all. Jesus paid it all. I remember I knelt down in prayer and received that gift. And at that very moment, my name was written down in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah! And it's sealed forevermore. No man can blot it out. Hallelujah! I'm heaven bound with a hammer down. And I'm looking forward to that day to be in heaven. Beloved, the half hasn't been told. The half hasn't been told on what God is preparing for His children. The half hasn't been told of what God's trying to do in your life. The the half hasn't been told in your story. But you get to decide how that's going to end up. God is trying to write your story this morning. Will you give Him the pen to write it? Because if you continue to try to do things your way without the good grace of God... You can end up out of the will of God and that is no place to be. My friend, we're about to have a hymn of invitation. Miss Barbara's about to come.